Hey, aloha, howdy doody, how's it going? Wherever you are and however you say it, hi, I'm your host, Ashley Noel, and thank you for listening to my show, Steps to Self-Worth. I'm a self-worth coach, a former California crisis counselor, an unpaid comedian, a poet, rapper, a public speaker, and if that's not enough, I'm also a wife and a mom. This is not a faith-based podcast, but I will be sharing a little bit about my faith and the role it played in gaining my self-worth. On my show, I'm going to teach you tangible strategies to gaining your self-worth, help you learn a new perspective, and ultimately, you're going to learn your individual value and worth. Say what? You can't put a price on that, folks. (laughs) I use my personal poems to talk about body shaming, porn addiction, violations of trust, seeking validation, living like a victim, social media, selfishness, getting rid of toxic people, and so many other issues that hold us back from knowing our worth. So first things first, hit like, follow, subscribe, or whatever button it is that allows you to be notified when I post another life-changing episode. Aside from the podcast, where can you find me? I'm on Facebook at www.facebook.com backslash Coach Ashley Noel, or my website at www.ashleyspeaks.net. Until next time, thanks for listening. And I'm Ashley Noel, and I approve of this message. Hey, this is your host, Coach Ashley Noel, and you're listening to episode 14, How to Rise Up Like a True Champion. Today, we have a very special guest from far away, so everyone give a warm welcome to Christopher from Sydney, Australia. Hi, Chris. How are you? Hi, Ashley. I'm great. How are you? Doing great. I'm really excited for today. Same. Okay, so for all my listeners, Christopher Housen is a mindset teacher who has used his pain to help evolve and empower people's mindsets so that they can change and reconnect with who they are in their unique gift. A little bit about his backstory. Um, He has kind of like a, a dark past. So he nearly had a criminal record at the age of 18, and he was not remorseful for it. He was interested in gangs and becoming an assassin. He wanted to put fear into others because he had his own depression and demons. But after a suicidal experience, he prayed to God, who then introduced him to his now wife. Together, him and his wife, they have experienced many highs and lows, but because of his pain, He has mastered his mindset and now inspires others to be the best they can be, which is like the ultimate outcome, right? After going through something so hard and um, all these trials to then flip it around is amazing. And he's using that to help other people. So now with his new legacy, he is here to share more about how we can control our mindsets and create our legacies. So Without further ado, Christopher, um, start talking to us about remembering who you are. Thank you so much, Ashley. And yeah, I'm just going to raise a few points about remembering who you are because I believe to know who you are is to know yourself and you then know life. So the first point I'll make about remembering who you are, you've got to have a growth mindset compared to a fixed mindset. And what I learned in life is that things happen in life that you can't control. So the thing is, what mindset are you going to have to approach life? 
Are you going to have a growth mindset where you look at the challenges as an opportunity to grow and become better and be grateful for the lessons? Or are you going to have a fixed mindset and stay within your comfort zone and believe nothing is possible in this world? So what I learned is there is nothing impossible in this world. And to remember who you are, you got to start having a growth mindset. You got to realize challenges are a lesson to allow you to grow and become stronger. So that's the first thing. You got to have a growth mindset. Now, the second. Um, yeah, I like that one really quick. I was just going to say it made me think of those who, especially knowing your past a little bit, the people who get stuck in that victim mindset and that victim mentality. Mm -hmm. And like, that's really hard to change and get out of that. That's quite true. And, and victim mindset is what I see a lot of people play. And to be honest, it, there's no such thing as a victim in this world. We all have the power of choice to be what we want to be, to go where we want to go. And that can never be taken away from us. And the second topic, uh, second point, I like is having a mind that's open to everything and attached to nothing. And why I really like this second point is we live in a world where we are always choosing to be enough, where we, where we are choosing to be offended. We live in a world where we see things and we want to get offended by it. And I, I know that there's a lot of things in this world that it's so easy to get offended by. And there's so many things that can test you. And what I realized that is if I don't have a mind that's open to everything, how am I going to learn the lessons and how am I going to be at peace? Because when you have a mind that's open to everything, you are saying, to the universe, I am choosing to never let anything offend me. And that leads to a greater quality of life, having a mind that's open to everything and especially attached to nothing. And to be honest, what I see in this world, we live in a world of attachments. We live in a world where we're told, oh, you want to find happiness, look outside of yourself in material things. And we're told so much to buy things to make you happy. And what I've realized is, yeah, you can have material things all you want. However, that's not going to help you remember who you are. Your identity is not found in attachments. Your identity is found in being attached to nothing, living a life of non-attachment, which I found is what I'm doing now. And you don't need material things or anything outside of yourself to give you fulfillment. You find out within yourself by living a life of non-attachment. And that's why I love this point so much. A mind that's open to everything and attached to nothing. Yeah, and I can really testify to that because I was in a relationship once where um, we had money and I had everything I needed. I had these nice cars, I had this big house, but I was miserable still. And people kept saying, you know, money can buy happiness. Mm. And I had always kind of thought maybe that because I had struggled up until that point. And then once I had everything that I thought I wanted, I was like, 
oh yeah, no, I still hate myself. I'm still miserable. This is not a healthy relationship. You know, there were so many bad aspects and it took that for me to learn those things. But now with COVID and everything being shut down, so many people are taking like mostly here. I don't know about uh, over in Australia, but excuse me. Yeah. They're they're taking off in like little campers. They're they're selling their homes and packing everybody up and going on road trips around the world and mm. living these little nomad lifestyles and having just the essentials. And I'm looking at that like, oh my gosh, that seems so hard that to give up everything, mm. but they are so happy. They're like, oh, it turns out I don't need all of these things and I don't need this big corporate lifestyle mm. to feel fulfilled. So that's been very interesting to watch. So I like that. that I like that point of not being attached to things. Yeah, that's, that's, that's true. And it does give a lot of fulfillment, living a life of non-attachment. Um, my next next point, and this is probably a, a big one I see a lot in this world, and I see it with so many people, and it's never letting other people's opinions become your reality. And there's two examples I want to share. The first one I remember was Les Brown. And I remember he shared a story once where he was in class and and a teacher asked him to come up and write something. And he told the teacher, oh, please, I don't want to come up. And the teacher kept asking him and he said, oh, please don't. Everyone's considered me edibly mentally retarded and the teacher came up to me and he said never let other people's opinions become your reality never let what other people think of you define who you are and I really love that story because it's saying why are you letting other people's perceptions of you which is their own opinions of you become your reality and the second example I want to give you is before I embarked on my journey, I always had a belief that I intended to be a speaker. And so many times I was told, Chris, you speak funny. Are you mentally retarded? Or who would listen to you? Or you need to know selling. You need to know this. And so many times I got put down by my speaking. And I remember coming across a healer in Bali and his name was G'day and he said, Chris, you were put on this earth to speak. You were put on this earth to inspire people with your story. And it got me thinking that, you know what? We have dreams and we never fulfill those dreams because we let other people's opinions become our reality. And we got to learn to never let that happen by blocking out the noise. And I remember a scene from a movie called Race. And the movie was about a black runner and he had a white coach. And his white coach told him, he said, you got to learn to block out the noise. People are going to love you or they're going to hate you. And you can do nothing about that except learning to block out the noise. And what I realized is you never let other people's opinions re- become your reality by blocking out that noise and remembering that you have a gift within you and never let that gift be determined by what other people think of you.
I love that. I'm blocking out the noise like really speaks to me. I think just those words stand out because it's so true and it's so hard to do. You can't just wake up and be like, oh, I suddenly don't care about how people feel about me. It has to come from within and we have to change our perspective and we have to empower ourselves. So that's great. That's true. <laughs> and the next point, it's an interesting one because I hear so many people, the words they speak and what I'm talking about is self-talk. And I know self-talk all too well because our mind is conditioned to go negative. And you would think our mind would be conditioned to go positive, but our mind actually is conditioned to think negative. And because of that, as a result, we've got a little voice in our head called ego, which fills us with negative, disempowering words. And what I heard once is the words we speak to ourselves determine the quality of our life. And we've got to change the words we speak to ourselves. And I see so many people putting themselves down and saying, oh, Chris, I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. I don't have what it takes. No, you are good enough. You have what it takes. And you just need to change the words that you speak to yourself to be more positive, to be more empowering. Because when you change the words you speak to yourself, it creates a new neural pathway in your mind. And this gets formed after 30 days. And, and what I've learned Everything with changing yourself is a consistent act that you must be prepared to do. Changing your self-talk, you can't go into a room in one night and have positive self-talk. Everything I speak about is an instant gratification. It takes time. And we've got to learn to change the words we speak to ourselves if we want to change the quality of our life. So there's this um, story that I've said, I think I've said it on another episode of this podcast, actually. But um, have you ever heard about that experiment with the two plants where there's two of the exact same plant, they're in the mm -hmm. exact same part of the house right next to each other, same amount of lighting, same amount of watering, all the same things. And the person goes in every day, picks up one plant and says positive things to it, puts it back down, picks up the other plant and says negative things to it and kind of like puts it down, which sounds kind of silly because like, what do you say to a plant? <laughs> but after, after like 30 days of talking positively to one plant and negatively to the other plant, the plant that had the negative um, thoughts and words towards it was starting to die and dwindle, even though they were getting the same amount of sunlight and the same amount of water. Whereas the one with the, um, the positive hmm. was starting to kind of thrive. And the whole science behind it was that positivity has a very specific vibration in our voice and in our energy and things around us that are living thrive off that and, and can take their own course from that as well. I thought that was so powerful. Like that's how powerful our words are. Um, they can even affect plants, but it affects not just ourselves, but those around us. That's, that's true, Ashley. I've even heard words affect water. And the interesting bit is we're made 70% of that. But um, that's interesting about the plants because I heard once the experiment, people played music to plants and it was responding to it. Beautiful. Oh. 
That's quite interesting, actually. But yeah, our, our words are so powerful. Our words bring life to what we speak, and people need it. What was the water one? Sorry. Oh, sorry, because there's a little bit of a delay. Oh. <laughs> I didn't mean to cut you off. No, well, I was fine. saying, what was the water one? Do you remember? That? Um, I think he was a Japanese scientist, and he had two two jars of water, and he was speaking negative words to to one jar, and he was speaking positive words to another one. And when they put the water under the microscope, they actually saw the the jar that had the negative words spoken. It became absolutely toxic and disgusting. And then when wow. they yeah, when they put the ones with positive words under the microscope, it actually had it was beautiful. It was um, it it became like a beautiful star. It it um. It was priceless. Wow, I didn't even know that was possible with water. Yeah, yeah, you, That's water's are crazy. It picks up our vibrations, but yeah, words are very powerful, and especially what we speak to ourselves. And the last point about remembering who you are, and it's interesting because this is something we put on clothes we should never really put on people is is labels and that i i see a lot of times we we love to label things and we especially love to label people and again the labels we need to realize that what other people believe about you is their own belief is their own opinion it's not what you believe about yourself and it reminds me of a, a story I was once told by a, po uh, by a poet. It said, when you label me, you negate me. And when you label me, you put me in a box and make me believe that's all I can ever be. And this is a thing I, I want the world people to realize. When you put a label on someone, you may think it doesn't do anything. However, it actually does. It, it puts them in a box and it limits them and negates them and, and it makes them believe they can't be all they can be. So we need to quit putting labels on people and realize that people can be anything they want to be. And the way you, you block out labels is, again, it's, it's just looking within yourself and and really asking yourself this, when someone chucks a label on you, always ask yourself, is that what other people believe about me? Or is that what I believe about myself? And then ask yourself, is this thought that they're placing on me, is that serving me? Or is that disempowering me? And we need to always analyze and, and challenge the labels people put on us. And only when we do that will we never get negated. So we need to challenge the labels and really ask people, you don't know me, only I know myself. And that's what we need to realize. No one knows you except you. So why do you care about small minds or ignorant people who can't see your greatness? 
So I have like a little trick for that because that has, that's one that has been um, affecting me in the, in the past hmm. is someone putting a label on me or saying that I couldn't take my career here. or I'm just a mom and that's all I'm going to do or amount to or whatever it was. Um, and I kind of learned that the best thing for me to do at least is if I hear someone put a label on me and or that I'm not going to be able to amount to something, I can't let it ruminate. If I sit mm. there and I think about it and go, oh, wow, is that true? Like, will I really never be able to do this? And if I let it sink in mm. and consume me, then I take on those feelings and I accept that label no matter how much it hurts. Yeah. But if in the moment I immediately stand up for myself and go, nope, that's just something you're projecting on me or you better watch it because I'm mm. coming I'm coming out and I'm going to attack this and I'm going to master it so hard. Hmm. You're going to feel embarrassed about what you just said. <laughs> if I immediately yeah. shut those, those thoughts or hmm. those feelings and those labels down, then it's easier for me to move forward and believe in myself. But if I let those ruminate hmm. and I'm like, Oh yeah, maybe you're right. Then it hurts a lot more and I ingest it and I hold on to it a lot longer. Hmm. That's uh Cause that's a hard, it's a hard thing to hear when people, you know, label you yeah. for something and you don't think it, mm, that's it's brutal. <laughs> yeah. We, um, we love to, uh, love to put labels on things and yeah, it's, it's again, just, just blocking that out and, and just when you remember who you are and when you know who you are within yourself, I've, I've found out when people say something, you you have an invisible barrier that automatically comes up and just filter, just blocks it out. And that all comes about being secure within yourself and being happy with who you are. And when you can learn to that, when you can learn to do that, people's labels become irrelevant. And it's just a matter of knowing who you are and being comfortable in your own skin. Yeah. And I like that. And what were those, remind me those two questions that you said you need to ask if, what was it, productive yeah. or harmful? Um, Say those again, because I liked those. Uh, probably the two questions you would ask yourself is, is this label serving me or disempowering me? Because a, a good way to train the mind is always ask yourself, is this serving me, is this serving me or disempowering me? Yeah, I love that. Probably the, the second question you would ask is, is this thought really going to get me to where it is I want to go or keep me stuck where I am now? And probably the third most yeah. powerful question you could ask yourself, is this true or a lie? And sometimes you've got to call out the truth and call out what's a lie. And it helps protect your mind against negativity from other people. Yeah, that one can be really hard to do, though. Like if you don't believe in yourself, then even if you know in your heart it's not true, it, it really messes with your mind. And then you second guess yourself and then you're questioning your worth all over again. And that's why it's just so important to always mm. just say kind things to people, lift them up, because 
what's the point of telling someone they can't do something? You don't know what they're capable of. You don't, you haven't seen all their, they've amounted mm. to. Nobody stops growing. That's true. You know, so there's always room for people to prove you wrong. So why not mm. challenge them and say, oh, I dare you to do that. I dare mm. you to push those limits. <laughs> that, would, that sounds awesome. <laughs> that's, uh, that's so, true. So those were five really great points. So I just want to reiterate for remembering who you are. The five points that Chris made was number one, having a growth mindset. Number two, not being attached to one thing. Number three, other people's opinions aren't your reality and you need to learn how to block out the noise. Number four was self-talk, so being positive and empowering. And then number five was labels are for clothes, not people. Mm. I love that. <laughs> that was fantastic. Thank you. Okay, let's learn more. So the next topic was being who you were born to be instead of following the crowd. So what are your three points for those? Okay, and I like this one because what I see a lot in this world is we seem to have a, a sheep mentality where we want to do what everyone else is doing. And we forget that we were born to be someone special. And so the three points I'm going to talk about is the first one is learning how to identify and live in your gift. And what I see with this so many times is so many people base their gift on what they see other people doing. And they say, oh, I really need to have a gift like him or her or do what he's doing. And we're always comparing ourselves. And what I see a lot is they're making out like the gifts are singing, dancing, running, and jumping. It's like that's the only gifts. But what I want people to realize is that's not the only gift. And we need to identify our gift because a lot of people need to realize that when you were born, source energy put a gift in you. Now, a lot of people will say, no, Chris, I, I don't have a gift. I can't do what that someone's doing. Yeah, don't compare your gift or don't compare what someone else can do with what you can do. Because what someone else can do is their own gift, not yours. So you identify your unique gift. And the way you identify your gift is it's something that comes natural and easy to you with very little effort. Now, a perfect example I heard was um, KFC. Now, Colonel Sanders, he could cook chicken better than anyone else. <laughs> and a lot of people say, oh, but cooking chicken, that's not a gift. It doesn't have to be singing, dancing, running, or jumping. Whatever your gift is, if, even if you cook cakes better than anyone else, even if you cut hair better than anyone else, that is a gift. And we need to identify what is that gift that we can do that's easy, without effort, and that we can do better than anyone else that comes natural to us. That's how you identify your gift. My gift's speaking. My gift's motivating. My gift is 
using stories to inspire people go beyond what they can see. Now, when you identify that gift, you can then live in it because what I've learned is when you identify your gift, your gift then makes room for you. Your gift then connects with the universe and then the universe draws people into your life that you're connecting with because of your gift. You learn to identify your gift to the world your gift will make room for you and you will inspire people with your gift. And that's the thing. I see too many people never live in their gift because they're too busy comparing their gift among someone else and wanting to do what other people do. Identify your gift. And I assure you, your gift will make room for you and you will live in your gift and change the world. I like that. So when I have clients who are struggling with this, I always have them make a list. I'm like, okay, sit down and write. What are all your talents? What are all the things you're good at? What are all the things that you like to do? Because sometimes the things we like to do, we don't necessarily see as talents or mm. gifts. We're just excited about them. Yeah. But all, all my clients also struggle with confidence and loving themselves and believing in themselves. So usually their lists are really short. And I'm like, are you serious? Those are the only things you could possibly come up that you think are your gifts or the things that you shine in. Mm. So I also have them go ask the people who they spend their time with what they think their gifts are, because it really opens your eyes if people are like, oh, I think you're you know, great at baking, or I think you would be a great speaker. And you're like, oh, interesting. I, you know, I kind of just thought that that was just a little hobby or something I had to do or, you know, whatever, like they don't always see what's inside them and how it affects other people. So I think that would be a great exercise for all the listeners who are wanting to find their gifts is to start with a list, write out your stuff, but also listen to what other people think your gifts are because it could be really eye opening. And knowing your gift is is incredible for, mm-hmm. you know, guiding your, your path. So that's great. Great information. Mm-hmm. That's true. And the second point, and it's what I believe is getting drummed into society too much nowadays. And we've got to get used to imperfection. We've got to get used to accepting our flaws because what I see too much now is we live in a world where, we're getting perfection drummed into us. So you got to be perfect. you got to look perfect. And it's interesting that they say perfection is beauty or they say perfection is what makes things great. However, people need to realize something. Perfection isn't perfection. Perfection is built on imperfection. And perfection is built on realizing that things don't have to be perfect to be great. And I say accept your flaws because it reminds me of a story. There were two pots and one pot had a crack in it and the other pot was perfect. And the poor one day was crying, was apologizing to its master saying, I'm sorry, master, I'm, I'm imperfect. I've got a crack on my side. I'm not perfect like the other one. And the master said, Pot, when we're walking to the house that we're going to drop water in, I want you to look at your side of the road. 
And as they were looking at, at their side of the road, as they were walking along the road, the poor realized something. He saw beautiful flowers on his side of the roads. And he noticed on the perfect pot side, there was no beautiful flowers. And the master said, do you realize something? Have you noticed something? And the pot said, no. He said, have you noticed that there's only beautiful flowers on your side of the roads? And the master said, pot, I realized about your crack. And that's why I purposely put plants there, because I know you would water them every day. And the master said, please be proud of your flaws. Be proud of your imperfections. Our flaws, our imperfections are never weaknesses. It's our strength. And what we need to realize is that's what makes us unique. That's what makes us be who we're born to be instead of following the crowd. And that's what I want people to realize. Your imperfections, your flaws in a world that attempts to make you perfect, you don't need to be perfect. You just need to accept who you are. And I remember with flaws, someone once said, Chris, or, you know, as I was saying before, you speak funny. Now, I could be taken that personally and said, yeah, I don't want to be a speaker because I can't speak properly. But I took it as, you know what, Chris, it's a, it may be a flaw, however, it's a great one because people can understand you better. So that's what I want people to realize. Perfection isn't perfection. Your flaws aren't weaknesses. They make you unique. They're your strengths. Get used to imperfection and accept your flaws. Yeah, I love that. I really do because literally nobody on this earth is perfect. And so many people are striving for perfect as if it was obtainable in this lifetime. And to me, it's not. Perfection is is not obtainable because there's always room to grow. People Mm. are always finding better ways to do things. They're They're reinventing the wheel. And everyone's constantly changing and evolving. So there's going to be a new level to reach at all times. And if we, if we strive for that, we are always going to feel like we're failing because we can't reach it. Mm. So it, it, that's, a, that's a hard one for me. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I'm definitely not perfect. Mm-hmm. And I'm totally okay mm-hmm. with that. But in the world of social media, you know, especially yeah. as a mom even, um, You know, there's Pinterest and there's Instagram and Facebook even telling us otherwise, telling us that we are wrong Mm. and we don't have this picture perfect family or this house or our meals are not prepped and like Thanksgiving worthy Mm -hmm. (laughs) on a daily basis. (laughs) You know, it's it's absurd. Some of the things that people are trying to reach Mm. when it's actually all fake. Like all these, mm-hmm. this work and all these hours and this whole crew went into creating this one photo yeah. that now this one mm-hmm. wife is trying to recreate. Mm-hmm. It's all, it's, you know, it's all about perspective mm-hmm. too and learning, learning those things and saying, hey, it's okay to fall yeah. short. It's okay to be different. It's okay to, you know, we're not mm-hmm. perfect. That's great. <laughs> I, I love my flaws. It makes me different. That's true. And that's what I think we need to People need to remember you are unique. You weren't created to be the same as everyone else. We all 
are unique and we all have our unique gift and we no one else will ever be the same as us we're the original one and only and there will only ever be us one and only copy and yeah yeah that's that's what we need to remember and isn't that empowering too to know that nobody can be me no matter how hard they try they can do things that i do mm. but nobody can be me that's super empowering for me that's true and that's when people remember that they'll remember you don't need to then compete you don't need to be perfect you're you and you're you and that's great yeah. to be proud of and it's interesting because after imperfection getting used to imperfection it then leads to the next thing and i've been noticing it in in this world a lot and in the corporate world on tv shows pretty much everywhere we have this fear of making mistakes and we seem to drum into people it's not good to make mistakes can't make mistakes everything's got to be 100% and i think that's where we start following the crowd is because we've got a fear of making mistakes and the thing is it's okay to make mistakes and there's one big thing i want to make a point about this is it's part of our human nature to make mistakes so when you say to me chris i shouldn't make that mistake why why shouldn't you make mistakes if it's part of your human nature, you're going against the very energy that created you. The very source energy that created you has created you to be okay with making mistakes. It's part of your nature. Now, if they could give a PhD for making mistakes, they would give it to me because I made a lot. <laughs> and you know what? I'm proud of it because I'm not looking at the mistakes. And this is what I want the viewers, the people realize, never focus on the mistakes. Focus on the lessons you learned as a result of making it. Because we focus so much on the mistakes, we forget that, hey, if you didn't make that mistake, would you know what you know now? I've had many painful lessons in life that, you know what, if I didn't go through them, if I didn't make those mistakes then, I wouldn't know what I know now. I wouldn't be where I am now. I remember once someone asked me, Chris, are you happy you've made a lot of mistakes? I said, yeah. And they said, why is that? Because as a result of those mistakes, I wouldn't have the strength that I, would, that I have now. Mistakes leads to strength and leads to integrity. And when you get okay with making mistakes, you get okay with living life. And when you keep living in a bubble, scared of making mistakes, you're never going to live life. You're just going to exist and you're never going to live. Living is about making mistakes. It's about accepting it's part of human nature, accepting that, you know what, if I didn't do this mistake, I wouldn't know, have the knowledge I have now. Mistakes leads to success. And people need to realize that instead of beating themselves up and listening to other people because no one in this world has ever lived life without making a mistake and that's just part of human nature and that's just part of life
Yeah. So I would add, even with mistakes. So I feel like growing up, I was always asked, hmm. like, what's one of your regrets? And I'm like, one of my regrets. And I would listen to other people's hmm. regrets. And I'm like, that's really interesting because even my, my worst moments, I don't regret hmm. because it made me who I am. It took me to getting to that low point or that challenge to change my ways mm. or to see things differently. And then it just, it, it created a new mindset. It created a new route for me. And it, I learned so much. I always have apologized for my wrongdoings, mm. but I don't, re I don't regret them. And I think that's important too, is it's okay to accept our flaws and our mistakes as long as we change them and grow from them and, and, mm. you know, be different from that. That's, uh, that's quite true. And I think probably another thing I will add to that making mistakes is, yeah, just never live in life with regret, never dwelling on the past and saying to myself, oh, I wish I, I didn't make that mistake. Or I should have done it better. No. I think the thing is we regret our mistakes too much and, you know, we've got to live life without regret because all it's going to do is keep you in that negative space and that negative energy. And you're just going to keep following the crowd because you don't want to make a mistake. And that really isn't the way to live. Make mistakes. Be who you were born to be. Live without regret. Yeah, I have these. Um, 10 affirmations that I wanted to kind of insert here because I think it's a, a great um, uh, it's, 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 it just goes along with everything that you're saying so perfectly so really quickly I wanted to add these for all the listeners so 10 positive affirmations that are great to say to yourself daily number one I got this number two I'm strong Number three, I'm healthy. Number four, I show up. Number five, I'm consistent. Number six, I'm supported. Number seven, I'm getting better. Number eight, I'm healing. Number nine, this is my time. And number 10, I deal with my fear. And I think those are all super encouraging and empowering to remind ourselves that it is okay to be imperfect. It is okay because we are supported. We are always getting better. We are always healing and we are strong and we can conquer these things and improve ourselves. That's true. That's great affirmations. Yeah, thanks. So then the next the, your final topic was going to be harnessing the power of your mind to create the life you desire. So let's wrap it up with that. What's, what's the information you okay. got there? Um, so this one, it was interesting when I came across it, and it really helps you to understand how the mind works with the universe. And how it works is it's a, it's a triple, there's three elements involved mind, body, and heart. And how you harness the power of the mind, how it works is first you've got to have the thought. So it's got to be a thought on what it is that you want. It can never be a thought on what it is that you don't want. So 
the thoughts got to be very clear. It's got to be positive. It's got to be on what you want. It's got to be on what makes you happy. So it's positive thought, full stop. It, it can't be anything on what I don't want. So first you have a positive thought. So you create that thought in your mind. Then what you do after you create that positive thought in your mind, you then create a positive emotion in your body with that thought. Now I've learned there's, there's two emotions, love and pretty much anything of anything opposite of love, which is hate to so love and hate. So what you got to do is you got to create a positive thought in your mind of what it is that you want. Then you create a positive emotion in your body, love. Let's say it's love. So you've created a positive thought in your mind of what it is you want. You've then created positive emotion of love in your body. Then what you've got to do is you've got to merge the two. Thought and emotion must become one. Because when thought and emotion become one, it's like saying to the mountain, move, and the mountain will move. You've got to merge thought and emotion into one. Because why you've got to do that is then it activates a technology. Now, we live in a technology age, but let me tell you the greatest technology in the world. And that technology is called the heart. Because what happens is when you merge thought and emotion into one, it then activates the heart. It then activates belief waves in the heart. So it activates the belief feeling, which is pretty much electric and magnetic waves. Now, everything in life is energy. So what the heart then does is it creates these waves. And then these waves then speak to the divine matrix or universal field, pretty much the energy field of the universe that everything in this world is made up of. And this universal field, energy field, is where change happens. So what happens is after we've created a positive thought, created a positive emotion, love, merged that into one, it then creates, activates our heart. And then what happens is our heart speaks to this energy field, divine matrix. And what happens is this matrix mirrors what it is that we put out to the universe. And so what happens is our heart then puts it out to the universe and then the universe brings it back into our life as experiences based on what we put out. So that is pretty much how you can activate thought, emotion with heart to speak to the universe and then the universe gives it back to you in the form of experiences. Yeah, that's awesome. I In the beginning, I was closing my eyes and I was trying to go along like, okay, <laughs> let me picture, you know, something I want to change and then adding the emotion to it. And even just listening to you speak about that and closing my eyes and trying yeah. to process, you know, something that I wanted to create, that was even oh, really helpful. So great. I love that. <laughs> Yeah. No, I think that, yeah, that's fantastic. And I hope that that's something that all the listeners can try and learn from you and to try to create for themselves because there is so much power in speaking things and adding your, your thoughts with your emotions and your heart is like guiding all of it. 
Well, thank you so much for coming on today, Chris. I really appreciate having you as a guest. For all my listeners, if you want to know or hear more from Christopher Housen, you can reach out to him on Facebook or he has LinkedIn. His email is Christopher G. Housen at gmail.com. And I'm going to have all this information listed on the bio for this episode as well. But Christopher does offer a mindset program called Connect with the Greatness Within. And if you go and you reach out to him and you mention that you heard him on on this podcast, you will receive a free discovery call, which I've heard. How much does that regularly Uh, go for, Chris? Normally it's valued at $600. Yeah, so $600, and you guys are going to get that for free if you just mention this podcast. That's awesome. So, Chris, you want to wrap things up by just um, leaving the listeners with your favorite quote? Uh, my, my favorite quote is this, and I think it's a great analogy to life. It's the greatest gift God ever gave us was life, and the greatest way we could ever repay him is how we use our life to help others in their darkest times. I love that. All right, guys, once again, this is Christopher Housen coming in from Sydney, Australia. This is episode 14 of How to Rise Up Like a True Champion. I hope that remembering who you are and being who you were born to be instead of following the crowd as well as harnessing the power of your mind to create the life you desire was all super helpful. And you guys now have the tips to rise up like a champion. I'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks for listening.